Blog Talk Radio. It's now time for Race Chat Live with Chris Creighton and Craig Moore. Hello, Race Chat Live fans. Welcome to another Monday night Race Chat Live edition here on Blog Talk Radio. A lot to cover today from Las Vegas. It was the round of 12 opener for the NASCAR Cup Series. The playoff opener for the Xfinity Series overall. And the round of six, I believe it is, for the NASCAR Truck Series. I'm sorry, round of eight for the NASCAR Truck Series. Howdy, 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 how the hell are you? Hey, we got swear my best openings are never heard because for some damn reason, my microphone half the time doesn't work when I plug in through the host line. I, I've never figured it out why it works sometimes and why it doesn't work other times. Uh, it worked perfectly fine Thursday night when I was on when I was hosting, uh, producing, I should say. Southern Dirt Track Report, so I don't know, man. It's it's always something. Thanks for uh, taking the wheel there for me, Taz Taylor. Uh, I don't know. 
who the 937 number is, but we'll let you sit there for a little bit. Uh, man, we got a lot to cover in a short time uh, to get there. We got guests on here tonight. Uh, looks like Terrell Racing. I believe uh, they are a sports mod driver up on the northeastern region of Fonda Raceway Motorsport Park, whatever. Uh, that's, Chad Taylor knows a little bit more about those tracks up that way than I do. But, uh, man, it was an exciting week of racing. Las Vegas, as Craig Moore would say, lost wages. Uh, not sure if the cup race really produced something exciting, but we'll get to that. The Xfinity race was great. The truck race was great. Not sure about the uh, the cup race. Also, $50,000 was given out this past weekend. I thought we were going to have Brandon Hightower on here tonight. I was expecting uh, to have him on. I thought that was who our guest was this evening. Um, hopefully, we will have him on soon enough so that we can get the rundown of this $50,000 to win race at Joseph Joyner was the winner of Joseph Joyner from the front. A Milton, Florida driver. Um, I believe he finished third at the Southern Street Stock Nationals. And also made three of four races up at the World 100 in Eldora. So, uh, local driver. I would say he's local, even though Milton's probably about four hours away, but still close enough to where we'll claim it. Uh, there were several drivers from our area that participated in that $50,000-to-win race. Also, EAMS race, the East Alabama Motor Speedway. They had their uh, big race this past weekend. We'll give you updates on who won that. Taz, we're a man down here tonight. Not going to stop us from bringing the excitement. Tell us about and what no. you felt Bring was uh, the, uh, the 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 make what what made this past weekend a great race, man. I mean, I didn't really see it much. <laughs> I, I watched the race. I wasn't impressed with it. The cup race wasn't really all that impressive. In my, I don't know. Las Vegas didn't really deliver. As much as I thought it would. I would say probably the truck. I would say, I would say in the truck series more than likely. That was more eventful than anything. Josh Berry won the Xfinity race. He was sub being for Michael Annette. Dale Jr. said something that uh, said he was surprised, but he wasn't surprised. So because. As, as we dissect no- that, Taz, what do you think you meant? I think when when he says that, he probably means surprised by the fact that he's racing on tracks that he's ne- a never probably never ever raced before in his life. B racing on a mu- much larger scale tracks that he's normally accustomed to. I mean, Josh Berry was a straight up short track racer. He was one of your local weekly short track racer guys who participated in one of the bigger tracks of through the NASCAR Advanced Auto Parts Weekly Series that picked up the eyes of Dale Jr. And Dale Jr. has been praising and 
giving so much love to this guy, saying that he's talented, he's one of the next big stars if given the opportunities to. And so far, Dale Jr. has been the one and only guy to really give this guy the right spot he really deserves and needs, and he's taking advantage of it every chance he gets. And so when Junior says he's not surprised, it's because he's believing in his talent. He knows that Josh Berry can get in a car or get in a truck or get in whatever, and he'll give it his all and wield the darn thing. But I think what he means he's surprised is that he's running and racing well on tracks he's never raced at before on a much larger scale. Yeah, I I think that uh, over the years, uh, Earnhardt understood that Barry had a lot of talent. Of course, you know, this is not Barry's first stint at Junior Motorsports. It was just an eight-year hiatus between the two. Um, This is a driver that uh, was a lot younger when he tried to come on board and didn't have the sponsors behind him. So they went went out and raced, man. Go back and listen to the Dale Junior podcast before all this ever even happened. Uh, you, you'd get a sense that this kid, you know, after the loss of his mother, that he just uh, took his dad and they went out and found racetracks to race at to keep their minds from hurting. And that, that, that resonated, I think, not just with, uh, not just, of course, with Dale Jr., but it resonated in my life. I lost my mother uh, 17, 17, 18 years ago already, man. And uh, I kind of felt that. So, I, was, I jumped on board real quick as a Josh Berry fan. I think that uh, this is kind of a cut shade to Annette. He's surprised, not surprised, that the team could elevate themselves to this. Uh, I believe, you know, Berry's had a couple of successful runs already. This is the first victory in one car. But, you know, you wouldn't expect Annette to put this car in victory lane. So, uh you know, it has to be the surprise, not the, not surprised that he elevated a team that has probably just been so-so over the last few years uh, with Michael Annette as the driver. So, um, you know, we don't know what type of resources Annette brings to the table or really what quality ride that one car is. So it's hard to judge just how capable Josh Berry was. I mean, if this is a car that wasn't necessarily as, juiced as the other cars. I mean, I'm not saying that uh, Junior Motorsports would hold anything back in any of their cars, but each car is funded by, you know, how much sponsorships being brought in. So, uh, what this, what this, how this outcome relates to Michael and Nett, it's kind of my worst fear if I was a driver to step out of my car and have somebody else win in it, right? Because you kind of stepped up the standards for this team. And you're going to be a letdown when you start finishing the things again. Taz, let's look at it from that side, man. What do you think? What was that again? I missed your last part there. Well, then, you know, I mean, you're building expectations for this team. And when Michael Annette becomes the driver again and the team sucks and they're running 15, how does, how does Michael Annette keep the team motivated? Knowing that he's not as talented as Josh Berry, so to speak. I, I mean, it's kind of hard to really motivate yourself. At that point, you just can't. But at the same time, he may have to put himself in the shoes where he 
where you, he he knows the potential there. But the question is, can you live up to it? And he's going to keep on trying week in, week out, but can only go so far before you push yourself and you push the team to a frustrating level. We've seen it time and time again. Michael Annette is typically a top 10 and top 15 driver, even in the Xfinity Series. And the expectations that are now created with this win by Barry is, is, is shocking to the team because now they realize that they can be a threat uh, at just about any racetrack any given weekend with the right driver. So my, my question would be how to keep that team motivated with Mike Lynette uh, as as the guy. And we're not kicking a man down. Obviously, you know, Annette got hurt, and this is an opportunity by Barry, and Barry has a lot of skill. But at the same time, it says a lot about where the one team is and how much talent is there on that team and has not been displayed throughout this year. Junior Motorsports is a very big operation, guys. We're talking about a team that's going to be running five cars next year, five cars in the Xfinity Series. There's going to be feathers ruffled uh, throughout this. It's very interesting that Hendrick Motorsports uh, purchased uh, Chip Ganassi's shop and uh, has not said right now how that's going to be utilized. I'm I'm just wondering if uh, Hendrick didn't pick up the tab for the Chip Ganassi uh, shop uh, so that Junior Motorsports can uh, fit another team in, in, in the bay there. So uh, it, it's going to be interesting uh, how that works itself out. But not to take anything away from Denny Hamlin. Of course, Denny Hamlin should be our top topic this, this afternoon, tonight. Uh, Denny Hamlin, who w- was obviously winless throughout the season, we worked ourselves into the playoffs. He won the very first playoff game. I mean, playoff, playoff game, playoff race. Uh, and uh, yeah, and now has won a second time here in the playoffs. Uh, are they hit? I mean, is, are they hot at the right moment? What's 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 the deal with Denny Hamlin here, Taz? Hamlin, I'm. How his season has been this year, I swear, it's we're starting to see a mirror image of what Tony Stewart did in his last championship year. I feel like we can see it. I mean, we got to see Hamlin get to the final four. Obviously, he's in the round of eight. But I don't see the fact of – I don't know if he can get to the round of four. He very well could. But right now, it's hard to tell. We just know he's in the round of eight. Can he last another three races to get to the championship four at a track that he can run very well at for Phoenix to run for a championship? But when he gets to that championship, can he live up to that pressure? And and he's shown time and time again that he can't, but who knows? He probably he very well could. I definitely don't want to keep him out of the round of four yet, obviously. I mean, he's got more playoff wins uh, than anybody else this season as of right now. So uh, we can't uh, count him out of the championship. Of course, he led the regular season championship uh, through most of the season. So consistency is definitely a strong point for Denny Hamlin. It was just you know, he was lacking the victories there, uh, which is something that he's definitely 
improved on since the start of these playoffs. I I, I haven't given my top four yet, and I'm not going to, but I definitely foresee, especially after this run here, Denny Hamlin uh, will more than likely make his way into the final four. It's still up in the air, and a lot of things can happen between now and then. But, uh, you know, getting himself into the the final – the final eight is definitely a done deal now. But, well, um, with, with Hamlin, though, he for how you basically described Hamlin, you described him as another as another driver. You reminded me of quite honestly that went on to act, win the championship. Um, he, the one driver you kind of reminded me of, although he did have. I think like a win or two um, during the regular season, but he was one of those quiet, consistent ones. I was never really talked about, but come playoff time, he was because he flew under everyone's radar. And then during playoff time, everyone was like, oh, where did this guy come from? And he ended up winning the championship when everyone was sleeping on him. Denny Hamlin could possibly do that. And the driver that you literally just remind me of is the guy from Penske Racing who will probably be the flagship Penske driver next year is Joey Logano. Right. Well, um, obviously a strong outing by the JGR cars. You see Keselowski and Logano hanging on, on the final two transfer spots in the in the chase. Uh, uh, you know, we were basically the whole Sunday, we didn't hear much about the four drivers that get themselves out of trouble. Kevin Harvick obviously didn't have uh, the turnout that we expected from him. Uh, but the Hendrick Chevrolets were there. They they showed up. Is there uh, what happened to the to the Chevys there at the end? They just run Chevy. out of time. I think Chevy still got it. I think this round they may struggle, being that if you look at the playoff drivers right now and what tracks we are at, Byron and Bowman are going to be struggling, but the question is going to be can they survive? We know the talent of Larson. Byron had a good run going, though, Taz, and unfortunately, he did, I believe he did, a pit he did, he he did, but unfortunately, luck didn't go his way. But again, we for me with Byron, he's starting to show his potential, which is great. But I'm not. He hasn't fully convinced me enough to say that this guy is a. Because one used to be talking about week in, week out because he's running up there all the time. He's been inconsistent. So it's been, so it's hard for me to really put him up there. Yeah, he ran well until luck never went his way, but I feel like the next two weeks he's he's gonna have to really show it. Talladega could be a good track. I mean he's won at a at a super speedway race before at at Daytona last year. But other than that, he—I haven't really—I don't re- recall 
a road course race where he ran well at all. And that's where he's going to have to use Talladega as a motivational because he could fall under the path of being eliminated if Talladega doesn't go into his into his lap. Right. Well, there's a lot of a uh, couple of strong contenders that you always have to kind of expect in Talladega. First is going to be Chase Elliott. It's going to be Ron Blaney. It's going to be Brad Keselowski. Joe Logano has found success as well. Uh, Kevin Harvick has a lot of success in Talladega. Those are about six main drivers right there that I believe all are in the chase. It uh, could be a potential victors when we leave uh, the two-and-a-half-mile speedway next week. Of course, I will be attending Talladega. I will uh, be heading out Saturday morning for the first race. It'll be the truck race around lunchtime, and then also the uh, Xfinity race that comes on later in the evening. We'll be there for that one and the cup race uh, Sunday afternoon. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, did, did, did Kyle Larson and Chase, did they lose Las Vegas? Or did Denny Hamlin win it? I think I think Larson wasn't the top driver for Las Vegas like we all thought he would have been. However, I think towards the late stages of the rate of the cup race, I think Hamlin and Chase Elliott were the class of the field. But I think Chase Elliott ran out of laps because he was catching him. He was catching Hamlin in the last handful of laps. But I think that Chase Elliott ran out of laps to get to him. So, yeah, it did look like uh, Chase had uh, had a faster car there as the laps uh, started winding down. Um yeah, he's been super fast at these uh, at this 550 horsepower package. We'll see what they have in the 750 package. Of course, I, I was expecting a Chevrolet driver to win uh, with the 550 package. So we were kind of expecting a Kyle Larson or possibly a Chase Elliott, but uh, JGR sealed the deal and uh, picked them up a win here. When we go back to the 750 horsepower, which was Probably be, I think the the, one, the closest one will probably be Martinsville. Um, actually, I don't have the schedule right in front of me, so I really don't know. Uh, but uh, that'll be the that'll be the true test of man versus power, I guess. So to speak. But uh, anyway, um, Tyler Reddick had a good run going on for a little while. Austin Dillon had a good run. Um, these guys are more than just a threat in one or two races and things like this year. I'm very impressed with Richard Childress and what they've been able to accomplish over the last two years. Tyler Reddick is a future star of mine. What's your take on that, Pat? Tyler Reddick, he, he's one of those young stars that also needed opportunity, and Richard Childress gave it to him. And I believe, and I'm going to, I'm going to keep on praising this and saying this because I 
absolutely think this is true. And I haven't seen anything to really prove me wrong. I don't think anyways. Maybe maybe you can. And and I'll say, okay, you proved me wrong. Fine, so be it. But you'll get Tyler Reddick. Put him and look at him through junior motorsports. He only had one win before his championship, before he won the championship. And that was the very first race of the season. And he wasn't, he wasn't really all that, sadly enough, he wasn't really like all that competitive, which was weird. But if you think about it, how many other teammates did he have? Which could have, which probably could have, you know, stalled him out. You put him with RCR, Richard Childress Racing. They only had, I think, one car, but ran two on select races, depending on their second part-time car. They ran one car, and they put all their folk onto that one, essentially. And look what Tyler Reddick did. He was one of the top guys in Xfinity, competitive for wins year in, year out, or competitive for wins week in, week out, and he won the championship he rightfully deserved. Mm-hmm. RCR and the Cup program needed a resurgence because obviously they were just going downhill and downhill, and nothing was really sparking, no matter what driver combination Childress had. Right. Up until since the loss of Harvick and Boyer, things have just not been right at Richard Childress. Go ahead. And so. He needed a resurgence. And obviously, with the times that were going, you had to get younger. But the point, but the fact of the matter is, who are you going to find that's going to be younger that will, may propel your team in a long-term instance, but also, you know, show talent and prove that they belong there and you don't have to figure every year or two years, do I – did I invest great in this guy or did I not? And I believe in a long-term instance with Tyler Reddick, not only in Xfinity, but I believe that he's with how competitive and how great of a driver Reddick is. I think RCR has found that guy to research their team. And I'm not trying to downgrade Austin Dillon, but I just see it as Austin Dillon has had his time. He's had his time to adapt. He's, he knows the competition. He knows the tracks. Right. Tyler had a Reddick, lot more time in the Xfinity series than Tyler Reddick as well. And Tyler Reddick, in short amount of time, has done more than what Austin Dillon has done in the long time he has. He has. I mean, look at it. Austin Dillon had to go into the playoffs based off a win. Tyler Reddick yeah. made the playoffs based off points on his own. Mm-hmm. If that doesn't say anything to you or to anyone listening, I don't know what to tell you. Maybe maybe you have to look and see for yourself or maybe you just don't see the bigger picture. Yeah, it's a head scratcher. It really is when you got uh, Tyler Reddick. He, he should be the most sought-after talent right now in the cup garage. 
based off of what he's actually been able to accomplish. And as you said, Allison Dillon only made the playoffs by, by, by virtue of wins. Tyler Reddick made the playoffs based off of uh, consistency. And that's uh, something that hasn't been seen since Ryan Newman's um, late run into the championship uh, about, I guess, six or seven years ago in the RCR camp uh, in that 31 machine. Uh, if I'm Penske or I'm uh, Stuart Haas Racing, which, uh, you know, Tyler Reddick was affiliated with Penske Racing, as was Ryan Blaney. Uh, oh, yeah. Fact, I believe Redick? they were teammates at Brad Keselowski's uh, truck team, if I'm not mistaken. Because Reddick drove for Brad Keselowski in trucks. I believe that's where exactly. you're getting your Penske connection from. Right, right. So there's already been a connection there. There's been a connection to Hendrick Motorsports, uh, being that he was a uh, a junior motorsports driver. These guys have already passed on him, I guess. Uh, so I guess it's kind of the underdog story as well. But, I mean, do you do you see Reddick uh, blossoming at Richard Children's Racing, or is he the next big-time free agent that's going to wind up at uh, maybe a Hendrick or, or back at Penske or even a Stuart Haas? I'm going to make a bold statement, but it's not going to be as bold as I'm probably making it to be. I believe Tyler Reddick is essentially is kind of like Kyle Larson. I believe his journey will kind of similar be to Kyle Larson's. And my reasoning why is because Tyler Reddick is run, is putting equipment in places that essentially we don't think should be running. Mm-hmm. And if he gets his chance to open the door on a bigger team, for say like Hendrick or Joe Gibbs or or Stuart Haas, when Stuart Haas is in there, has got all four cars competitive, he's gonna be one of those guys we're gonna be talking about, like we did with Kyle, like we have him with Kyle Larson this year. So I yeah, that, I, I, I agree 100% with what you say there, Tess Taylor. He's uh, he's the next. He he's proving that he could have the type of uh, uh, career that uh, Kyle Larson started off with. You know, a team that not necessarily the elite, uh, but given the right opportunity, um, we could definitely see a star in the making with Tyler. He proves every weekend, week out. Taylor, that he is to be reckoned with. He he, he runs with the big boys, and uh, it just it, it 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 bothers me to know how much you know Richard Childress could honestly be holding this kid back, yeah, especially I, when you have him to to compare to Kyle Larson, right? Kyle Larson's got as many wins this year as he's had in his entire six-year career at Chip Ganassi, man. Yeah, because we, we saw Kyle Larson was doing Ganassi in the 42, and he was putting that car in places that we were just like, why is that car there? How is that even possible? 
because we we've all seen good race car drivers with Chip Ganassi, but not putting the cars in places that Kyle Larson was, not even close. Mm-hmm. Right. And you sit there and think of to yourself, well, how's he how's he managing to do this? And then you look at, and then you look at how Kyle Larson drives in Hendrick. We've obviously obviously seen his dirt racing side of things. Tyler Reddick may not have the exact skill set as Kyle Larson or exact racing background, but Tyler Reddick has proven that he can drive. And Man, Tyler Reddick, his career path can follow in the same similar path as Kyle Larson. Tyler Reddick actually announced at Wadot Motorsports Park for the fall classic, I believe it was in 2015 or 2016, that he had accepted a deal to go with Brett Keselowski in the truck series. This guy was out there tearing up the dirt track world. They were calling him the, the, uh, the, the kid from California, the California kid. Uh, Tyler Reddick was not he, – he, he we were not sleeping on this guy, okay? He was, a, he was a badass in the World of Outlaws. He was a bad – I believe it was Lucas Oil in the World of Outlaws. He was a badass dirt track racer. And he, you know, was fairly young. The guy's short. He's small. He's young. Look, he got a, he, he got a, he got on with Brad Keselowski racing, and uh, you know, the rest is history. Uh, he's bounced around a couple of organizations, but Tyler Reddick is the real deal. And um, I'm excited to see uh, what what kind of future this kid holds. I just hope that uh, he's not being held back there at Richard Shields. Hey. If Tyler Reddick could bring fame and fortune back to Richard Childress, so be it. You know, I, I've never discounted the fact that Richard Childress Racing is one of the staple organizations in the NASCAR garage. Unfortunately, since they've lost drivers like Kevin Harvick and Jeff Burton and Clint Boyer, uh, they've not been able to reload on the, you know, I mean, this is an empire that, of course, Bill Earnhardt built, Right. Richard Childress was an independent racer, didn't have very much funding, wasn't ever really an upfront guy. His biggest race was the 1969 Talladega race where all the cup drivers boycotted. You know, that's basically how Richard Childress even, you know, got it, got the opportunity to race with these, you know, big-time racers. But overall, career-wise, Richard Childress Racing has been a staple organization within NASCAR, similar to Ralph. Um, Brett Keselowski seems to believe that he can bring Roush Racing back to the uh, days of, of great when Carl Edwards and Matt Kenseth and Greg Ziffel and Jamie McMurray and all these other superstars uh, were at the pinnacle of that organization. Uh, you know, Tyler Reddick may be the answer for Richard Childress. Yeah. Like I said, nothing against Austin Dillon, but I think Tyler Reddick has shown more in a short year or short term than what Austin Dillon has done in a long term. But Tyler, or not Tyler, but Tyler Reddick, I think if he's given the door to move to a bigger, he might he might need to do it and really show who he is. Yeah, I mean, you got a kid like Harrison Burton who's going to get a cup ride next year, and you ask yourself, well, what the hell has that kid even done? 
you know, and then you've got uh, somebody like Tyler, Tyler Reddick and Corey LaJoy who are all the time outperforming their rides, and you just you just left scratching your head, you know. How these guys that uh, haven't proven much of anything get opportunities, and yet there's other racers like Tyler, Tyler Reddick who has to, you know, basically um, go through a grow, growing period with uh, an organization that's not necessarily at the top of the game right now. Um We'll we'll wish the best of luck for Tyler Reddick and go to the next topic. So, uh, Thor Sport Racing, and I believe they finished one, two, three, four this weekend. Christian Eckes, another first-time winner in the Truck Series. Has this been one of the more exciting Truck Series years, Taz Taylor, in in recent memory with all the new uh, with with all the new-time winners that we've seen? I think. Trucks has been trucks has been competitive, and I think they've really dug Phenomenal. down and gotten they've gotten they really have dug down and gotten very competitive within the last I'd say I'd say before this year probably the last two seasons when it really got down and dirty in terms of who your competitive drivers are. I mean, before the last two years, it was kind of a sleeper fest. They put on good races, but it was kind of a sleeper fest because you were kind of not really guessing of who could win. Like, you weren't coming up with five, six, seven, eight, or even ten drivers that could win. Right. You're probably coming up right. with maybe four, if you're lucky. Four cup drivers and one four cup drivers and one truck regular, right? That's what we're used to seeing in the truck series. Four, four cup drivers take on 16 wins and then or 18 wins, and one guy that actually runs the series full-time picks up a win, like maybe a Matt Crafton or something like that, Johnny Stelter. But the truck series this year has been super exciting. Kyle Busch, uh, you know, wasn't even uh, – he didn't win all five races that he uh, signed up for this year. John Hunter Nemechek, I believe, uh, a few of those races uh, that kept him from going for a perfect season. And uh, just really not much interaction with some of the higher – ups at racing in the truck series. I think that's helped the truck series kind of create its own brand. Speaking of brand with the truck series, did you happen to see the unveil of what these trucks are going to look like in the, uh, the new, uh, the, the, the new look that the trucks are going to have starting next season. Taz? I think trucks are only going to get more competitive. I don't know where, um, some of these drivers will go. We know Sheldon Creed's moving up. Could we see Where's John Hunter moving up? A Richard, he's going to a Richard Childress ride, am I not mistaken? Yep, he's going to Richard Childress in Xfinity next year. John Hunter, mm-hmm. is he going to stay another year in trucks, or is he going to move up? In my opinion, if I were John Hunter Nemechek, you've proved more than enough in the truck series this year. I mean, if you win the championship, that's icing on the cake. It really is. And I believe if Toyota and Joe Gibbs and Kyle Busch were really invested in John Hunter Nemechek, put them in Xfinity. Why? Because you have no drivers right now in the Joe Gibbs Xfinity roster. Because Daniel Hemrick is now moving over to Colleague and taking over Justin Haley's Xfinity ride. Harrison Burton having a, 
cup ride for God knows whatever reason. It's probably more than likely money. <laughs> and Brandon Jones, he's up in the air. So you try to think to yourself, well, who can we fill in? And I think the two guys to at least fill in, if Brandon Jones is to come back and you need two guys to fill in and be competitive, John Hunter and Ty Gibbs it is. Well, Ty Gibbs, I believe, uh, he's going to a part-time ride at the GDMS uh, race team. But we did hear that Daniel Hemrick is on the move again, and he will be at the Kellogg Racing Team in the Xfinity Series. So, silly season is still in full effect. Yeah, he's yeah he's definitely going over to uh, yeah Hemrick Hemrick. He was given a golden opportunity with Gibbs, and as much as I would like to see Gibbs try to succeed with Hemrick, I think Gibbs at this point is looking for guys that want to win and can get the job done. And unfortunately, Hemrick has been competitive, but hasn't got the job done. And I, and I don't like blame and I don't blame Gibbs for saying no. I don't want him anymore. Right. It looks like it looks like Gibbs Xfinity is kind of clearing house as they prepare for the arrival of Ty Gibbs. Is this where they don't want any drivers at the organization that might can rival Tyler? Uh, I mean, uh, uh, Ty Gibbs. Or is this just a, 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 are we expecting a John Hunter Nemechek to step up or possibly uh, Chandler Smith or one of the other KBN drivers? Well, question is going to be, right now, I think Toyota and Gibbs and them are kind of now shooting themselves in the foot. They developed all of this talent with no place to go. So now all this talent's like, shoot, we're not realizing this too. Let's go elsewhere. And now when Joe Gibbs and Toyota need the talent development, they're now going to have to kind of scratch and claw go, who do we have? Where can we go? Right. Yeah, who do we develop next? I mean, you lost out. I mean, Toyota will probably have Ty Gibbs if they're really invested into him, like they say they are, which so far, by what you said, with Ty Gibbs possibly doing GMS, that could shoot themselves in the foot hugely. We've seen how Ty Gibbs is, how well he can drive. At such a very young age, with a promising career, if he's if he keeps going the way he's going. Yeah, I honestly thought Dylan, Ty Dylan was the uh, more, uh, oh, you're talking about Ty Gibbs. Are you talking about Ty Gibbs? Yep. Yeah, yeah, Ty Gibbs is is a very talented race car driver. I, I believe that with all, with all might. Uh, he, he's 
obviously probably been in race cars since he was three or four years old. He's probably got about as much uh, track experience as uh, as a Jeff Gordon or Joey Logano or even uh, Kyle Larson at that age. So uh, this guy has uh, definitely been prepped and ready uh, to be in the position that he's in. It's going to be interesting the type of year that, uh, that he has next season. We're looking forward to seeing what that can be. But, uh, you know, it's it's still up in the air of whether or not they would bring in, you know, uh, a, a full-time, another full-time driver. I would expect Joe Gibbs to have a second full-time driver in the Xfinity Series. But it looks like, uh, as of right now, I, I don't know, maybe Brandon Jones is the only guy that's still got a full-time ride. He's the only one I would know of. I don't see anybody else. <laughs> no, right. So I don't know. And Brandon you know, Jones Brandon, hasn't even done much of anything. Over, yeah, he gets passed over on everything. Like uh, I think that guy. Uh, I mean, he uh, he bounced around before. Obviously, there's somebody that's keeping him uh, money. Yeah, <laughs> that's keeping him afloat. But you know, Brandon has two or three times a year a really good run. Uh, but uh, he's not a championship contender over at the JGR camp. So, so we, we kind of jumped around there from uh, the trucks to Xfinity Series. We don't really get to talk much about these series uh, throughout the season as we're always pressed for time. So it's a, it's a great to be able to uh, take advantage of the situation where our guest has failed to call in here tonight. Um, but, uh, so I don't know if you guys, if you've seen the announcement, uh, Justin Algar will be, uh, participating in the Talladega Cup race this weekend with, uh, financial backing from Brent, his, uh, his sponsor. It's great to see Algar back in the Cup Series. I mean, regardless if it's a team like Spire especially the 77 car. I mean, I, but, I mean, we are racing on a plate track. Anything can happen. Mm-hmm. But Yeah, and, and Algar is a, is a well-experienced driver. I mean, granted the fact, I think that I think he's more of a Xfinity regular. Obviously, he's done cup, but he didn't really prove himself to be a top guy up there. Well, maybe because he didn't have the equipment backing behind him. Who knows? But I think for his age and where he's at, I think him being an Xfinity regular is perfectly fine. I think he's more than content with it by the sounds of it. As long as he's got Brant basically essentially backing him up. I can't see anything wrong. Yeah. Yeah, we look for a strong outing uh, from, from them. Obviously, they picked up a win once before. With Justin Haley behind the wheel at uh, Daytona a couple of years ago. I think it was last year. Uh, so so this team definitely uh, can put themselves in the right position. It's anybody's race at a racetrack like Talladega. Haley will be in the 16 car uh, for Calhoun Racing. So our gear will be in the 77. A note there, Landon Castle will be in the 96 machine. Um, hard hit by Joey Gase this, uh, this past weekend. 
So I did broke on the rear of that car and sent him pretty hard into the wall. Uh, Joey Gates was transported to the hospital um, after the wreck. But everything checked out. He was okay. So we still haven't gotten word yet whether or not he will be uh, the driver this weekend. He is on the entry list, but uh, we don't know if he may be in concussion protocol or something to that. I'm sure if anything is standing in the way of his start this weekend, we will hear it uh, before the next couple of days are over with. Uh, Kevin Harvick's crew chief gets thrown out for Talladega. Is this significant, or is this just the right time and right place for Rodney Childress to have some have a weekend off? I think maybe maybe he needs it. It's a tough call. I mean, great crew chief, I think. Maybe he needs a time off, or maybe it's Kevin Harvick. I don't know. It, there's a lot of variables. I'm not sure if it's the crew. I don't think it's much of the crew chief. I think, honestly, I believe Harvick's team is more of a team evaluation. No. I, I don't think I don't think it's anything on Childers then, because we have seen how well Harvick and Childers do together. We've seen what the success they both have had. I just don't think, I mean, if Childers needs a time off, then he needs a time off. I don't blame well, the guy. A statement. He did make a statement that it was meant to be that this is his weekend where his uh, twins turned 13 years old. And it just, you know, just so happened chance that uh, he gets the weekend off. It kind of sounds like uh, they're giving up over there. And the last time that I've seen two, two, uh, a crew chief and a driver kind of give up on each other uh, was basically Tony Urie Jr. and Dale Jr. Um, is it time to put Rodney Childers over, maybe over with a Chase Briscoe, a younger talent such as Chase Briscoe, or even the company man? Um, what's his name? <laughs> the 41? Uh, What's that? The 41 driver? Oh, um... The one that looks like Rick Hendrick? Custard. Custard sauce. <laughs> yeah, cold custard sauce. Yeah. Cold custard. Without the mustard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just think if I'm Stuart Haas Racing, I'm looking at every variable right now. And I'm expecting Kevin Harvick to probably step away from racing at the end of next year. This would be the perfect time and a perfect place to get Chase Briscoe, a good crew chief, to see if this kid can really back up the talent that I think that he has. Uh, it's no doubt that uh, this this kid was handpicked by Tony Stewart, and he believes in him. And if the timing is right, and these two drivers, the, the, the crew chief and the driver seem to not be on the same page, and it's a perfect time to come in and see who can maybe lead, you know, give somebody else the opportunity. Of course, that's what's going to happen this weekend. Somebody's going to have the opportunity to sit at top of that pit box of Kevin Harvick Racing, I mean, of Stuart Haas Racing and Kevin Harvick's crew chief, and he's going to get his chance to, to, to do something. So um, I would like to see a crew chief change. I'd like to see uh, a lot more resources being put in uh, to Chase Briscoe as I feel like he is the uh, the bridge gap between 
Stuart Haas as we've known it and Stuart Haas of the future. Uh, so uh, I, I would like to see I would like to see something change at Stuart Haas before the end of the year. That way we know that Stuart Haas is managing the situation that they've, they've not had a good year. We need to see some we need to see some changes there, and we need to see that this organization is moving in the right direction before they could become a Richard Childress Racing or a Stuart, or a or, or a Roush Racing, you know. Um, other news, other news this weekend, we found out that Xfinity is going to Portland International Raceway, Taz Taylor. Yet another road course being added. Has NASCAR just gone road course crazy? What is the deal here, man? Well, <clears throat> I think fans are saying more short tracks and road courses. And while... For me, road courses are hard to real. Like I'm not saying a road course. Road courses are bad races. I know there's some good ones out there, but it. I don't find road course racing the. I don't see road courses being like the tog of the town. To really throw into the schedule. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like Portland is a good racetrack to go to. I've enjoyed uh, seeing the Indy cars race there, but I, I didn't know that it was so important to go visit yet another road course uh, racetrack. Uh, you know, in the Xfinity series as well. I mean, I'm, I'm just really hoping we were going to cut back on some road courses and bring more short tracks to the table. It was very interesting that we bitched so much about the mile-and-a-half speedways, but after the statistic that I heard this past weekend, and without a doubt, you know, it's a fact that we have not seen a mile-and-a-half speedway since July. So we've done a really good job at cutting out the mile-and-a-half speedways, but my God, it seems like all we've done is, is add road courses in the play zone, Tad. Yeah, I'm not... I like short track, or I, I like road courses, but there are certain ones that just don't work. And having too much, I'm not a big fan of. Like, I think I'm okay with seven. <laughs> it, it, it adds, it, let me, let me know. I'll, I'll not say why, because you're not seeing so many mile and a half tracks now. So it adds a little bit of flavor or differential, however you want to word it. But, I mean, you can only go to so many road courses with these with stock cars. It's, it's just not always going to work. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I mean, we're not Formula One and we're not IndyCar. Um, I, I, I thought that those – and we're not Trans Am either. But it seems to me that this is the direction that Jim France has made, has made NASCAR go since he has taken over at the office there. I mean, I still want to give the guy a B minus. He's done a really good job. I think he's been a lot better ambassador for the sport than, uh, of course, Brian France was. And obviously, as we're getting close to this new uh, uh, media agreement, uh, as the TV contract comes to a conclusion after the 2024 season, we needed somebody a little bit more business savvy to uh, take this cake and carry this sport to the next uh, 
to the next generation. I just uh, I'm not sure if road course racing and a sports car look is actually the way that us fans had it envisioned. Um, and, and I'd like to see a little bit more stock left in stock cars, which is, is actually going to lead us up to the fan question uh, here in just a few minutes. Uh, Taz, do you have uh, any other hot topics that you want to get into real quick? Well, before we get into any of our local racing segments, and this week we can kick it off with Chris, means that he has more updates than I actually do. Means that I don't know about are, that. <laughs> <laughs> well, things are winding down down here in the Northeast, and uh, there ain't much going on, but yeah. um, point standings right now, well, playoff standings, let's put it that way. Uh, we'll start with the Camby World Truck Series. Nobody's logged into the championship four out of there, so right now, as we stand, Ben Rhodes currently leads. John Hunter Nemechek sitting in second. Ben Rhodes sitting 34 points above the cut line. John Hunter sitting 28 points in the good. Stuart Friesen, who had a great run at Las Vegas, currently sitting third, nine points above the cutout, nine points in the good. In the fourth and final spot at the moment is Matt Crafton, five points in the good. Under the cutoff line is Sheldon Creed, five points in the bad. That's right, your defending truck champion in the cutoff line right now. Carson Hosevar sitting in sixth, 16 points out. Zane Smith in seventh, 19 points out. And Chandler Smith rounds out the current playoff field, 24 points out. In the NASCAR Xfinity Series, nobody's locked in to the next round, being that Josh Berry won, and Josh Berry's not a playoff-eligible driver. So, therefore, everyone, this is all on point. A.J. Allmendinger. Austin Sindrick. Justin Allgaier sits in third. So, there's your top three. Noah Gregson in fourth. Daniel Hemrick rounds out the top five. Justin Haley in sixth, Harrison Burton seventh, Brandon Jones sitting above the cut line. Actually, they didn't even update the NASCAR Xfinity point. What the heck is this garbage? Mm, no. I'm looking at this like, wait a minute. How do we have eight drivers above the good? <laughs> All right, NASCAR, you have let me down for the last time. So we're going to ignore the NASCAR Xfinity points because apparently some of this ain't even right. Oh, actually, no, that that is right because they they have to go they go from twelve to eight. Okay, so that makes sense now. So so okay, AJ Allmendinger leads the playoff field. Austin Sindrick second. Justin Allgaier third. Gregson fourth. Hemrick the top five. Justin Haley, Harrison Burton, and Brandon Jones currently make up the top eight to move on. Myatt Snyder is 10 points in the bad. Jeb Burton in 10th, 27 points out. Riley Herbst 11, 32 points out. Jeremy Clement rounds out the playoff grid, 36 points out. In the NASCAR Cup Series, Denny Hamlin 
with his win this past weekend, he's guaranteed locked in. So these next drivers are are currently in based off points. Kyle Larson, 57 points in the good. Kyle Busch in third, 35 points up. Truex in fourth, 31 points in the good. Brian Blaney, rear top five, 24 points ahead. Chase Elliott sits in sixth, 22 ahead. Joey Logano, plus six. And Brad Keselowski, plus four. Those are your top eight at the moment. Your bottom four right now is William Byron, four points underneath. Kevin Harvick in 10th, seven points out. Bowman in 11th, 13 points out. And Christopher Bell, 25 points out. And that's what we are looking like heading into Las Vegas come this weekend. Or come Talladega this weekend. Wow. I'm a little behind the times, apparently. Yeah, that's all right. All good. Um, So I'm trying to find an update on who won at East AMS, Alabama Motor Speedway. For the 49th running of the Alabama State Championship, I have yet to be able to... uh, Oh, okay. Mark Witt. Whitner led all 49 laps at East Alabama Speedway catching the Alabama State Championship. So, Whitner, Whitner, actually a driver that was involved uh, in, in, a, in a late race collision at the Southern Street Stock Nationals a couple of years ago where he raced through the infield chasing Brooks Stream, who also made a name for himself again this weekend, uh, this past weekend with a uh, uh, I don't know, Rick Flair type move, maybe a drop, a drop kick into the cockpit. <laughs> I don't know if you guys seen that. Uh, it was in the USNTS race, but anyway, uh, um, as we said, he was the uh, little turn. Mark Whitener out of Florida takes home the championship in the late model side of things at the Super B 100. Of course, we told you earlier, Hunt the Front uh, was victorious. Joseph Joyner picks up the five fifty thousand dollars to win. Holy moly, just such a big, 50000 $50, dollars yeah, yeah, I think he wound up with fifty-three thousand uh, dollars altogether in that event. Uh, I am seeing completely unknown. I thought I had seen. Final rundown as I'm checking Super B Speedway. Uh, okay. Yeah, Kate Dillard finished second. BJ Robinson uh, finished third, of course. That is counting on a tire sample there. The guys I don't believe will get paid until they do a tire sample. But uh, we're getting ready for the Fall Classic. And our Line Out Motorsports Park that's coming up uh, pretty soon here in a couple of weeks, about three weeks away, I guess. We're looking forward to that. One of the uh, last unsanctioned big super late model races 
Uh, we've had guys from all around join us for our fall classic at the House of Hook. Looking forward to a big crowd and a whole lot of cars again this year. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's it's that slowdown season, has and uh, you know basically we're getting down to the uh, to the final weeks here of of racing in this 2021 season. Yeah, things are winding down up here in the Northeast. As a matter of fact, we'll, uh, this coming Saturday, I believe it is, uh, I'm going to throw in a down south report. Uh, I'll kind of update out there. The Short Track Super Series Cajun Region runs at Sabine Speedway. I think it's their final race before the Cajun Swing where the Northeast guys and the Southern Drivers collab race together for three nights of action between Arklotech Speedway and what's now Super B Speedway. And get ready for the Mod Mod in the Marsh 75. Um, up here in the Northeast, we have we have the Modern Outlaw coming up at Utica Rome Speedway. That is, I believe, not this coming Tuesday, but next Tuesday. We are bringing back the Modern Outlaw 50 for the Sunoco Modifieds. It is $10,000 to win. Then you have the Patriot Sprint Tour 360 Sprint Car. Cold Cup, $5,000 to win, plus the Worthington Industries, Crate 602 Sportsman, $1,500 to win. That is up. That is on Tuesday, October 5th. That's the final event for Utica Rome Speedway. As Fonda Speedway is done for the 2021 season after the Fonda 200 last weekend. Um, over to the... Uh, one race I want to promote, I've been promoting it like crazy in the last week or two, but uh, the Ron Bachman Memorial Race is this coming Saturday. It is $500 to win for the modified mowers. And then they'll have 40 laps of distance with a halfway break in between. And what I mean by that is, well, if you... Remember, if you guys know the Fonda 200 rundown of how that goes, that's basically how we're running it. Basically, uh, racers at the halfway point will be given the the signal that's halfway, yellow flag is out, drivers can stay out on the track and only refuel and adjust tire pressures, or they can go into the pits and make any adjustments they feel like making to their machine. But they would have, but once they come back out, they got to line up behind everybody that's, that stayed out on the, on the track. So again, $500 to win 40 lap feature for the mower modified, the adult mower tire predator carts are on tap as well with a, Motor from Adrenaline Rush Racing going to the winner. And then we have the Novice Motor Tire uh, Predator Carts as well. And we are calling for 
the super modified mowers. They run a twin motor instead of a single mower motor like the regular mower modified do. Um, we're calling you guys out because if we get a minimum of five entries, we will run a special race for you guys, a winner-take-all race. If we get at least five entries, winner gets $100. And for every five entries, $100 gets added to the purse. Wow. So, so again, we have, we have the in. Our order of events for that has come out earlier today, and I'll run down through that very shortly once it gets it loaded up here. Order of events for October 2nd. Gate pit gates open at 1 o'clock. Grandstand gates open at 2. Drivers meeting at 3 with hot lap starting at 3.15. Opening ceremonies at 4 o'clock. Then we'll kick things off with the Novice Mortire Predator featured. They're only having a featured, no heat race, 12 laps. After that, it's our more modified heats of 10 laps each. Adult Mortire Predators will, end, will conclude the heat racing action, 10 laps each for their length. Then we'll have a short intermission. Features to follow for, for the Adult Mortire Predator, 35-lap feature. And, of course, the more modified headlining class, 40 laps is their feature. Novice Motor Tire Predators will run feature only, and they'll draw for their starting spots, while the other two classes will draw for their heat race starting spots. One heat per class, six or more entries in the class will run separate heat races, and the finishing order from the heat races will decide the feature lineup for those two classes as well. Race entry is $30, and that includes your pit pass. Pit pass is $10 for everyone in the Everyone that is going to be in the pits must have a pit pass. Grandstands are $5. 11, kids 11 and under are free. Again, that is this Saturday, October 2nd at Dodge City Speedway at House Cave, New York. Get ready to see the ground pounding, earth shaking, window rattling, beast of the 518, the mower tire group, MTG, mower modified. At Dodge City Speedway. And sure it's going to be exciting. We're a proud sponsor of this event. Uh, we threw down some lap money, so we're uh, really looking forward to getting the results uh, from this race, and I believe we should have the winner on. Um, anytime we have the opportunity to promote these big races, be it Super B or the winner. If we talk about the race, then I think it's very important that we bring in uh, those people so that we can give them that opportunity. It would have been uh, very awesome to have Hunt the Front on this weekend uh, after such a, you know, an awesome win at the Super B racetrack. And we have that opportunity to kind of nail that in the coffin. I think that's something that we really need to to focus on for the 2022 season. That's what I'm um, uh, But, uh, sorry about that. 
Um, we should be ready for the fan question. And it kind of relates to what's going on uh, with the new car tomorrow, the next-gen car. No, not the car tomorrow, the new car tomorrow. Uh, so our fan question from Miss Rebecca this week. Um, since we've been talking a lot about the cars in NASCAR lately, and thank you for teaching myself and others new to the sport. Oh, okay. All right. Sorry about that. So, Chevy, uh, they want to know more about it. So, Chevy, Ford, and Toyota seem to be the makes and choice, but I probably can't go to the local Toyota dealership, buy one, and head out to the track with it. With what is special about these race cars? Motors, weight limits, anything else that separates them from the ones on the lot. I look forward to learning a lot more. As always, thank you for your time. Miss Rebecca, here is the harsh reality. There is nothing stock about stock cars. And that was said in the Days of Thunder. Days of Thunder was uh, 1990. So... We can actually go back all the way to about 81, I believe, when no longer did they use the factory car. Uh, They were basically, we've been building chassis for that long now over the years. Uh, Really, what happened over the years was we've gotten further and further and further away from stock appearing cars. Uh, these cars are race cars. Uh, they're they, they're not uh, they're not factory. There's nothing factory about uh, what what product we put out on the racetrack. It hasn't been in years. What we're very excited about with this next generation car is the similarities that it will have to the uh, to to the showroom floor car. I uh, driving well, my wife on the 2021 Toyota Camry. Now, that's a car that's raced out on the racetrack. <laughs> as much hell as I get Toyota, I drive one. Um, but uh, so that Camry is a byproduct of what this raced out on the racetrack. There's really no similarity to it at all. Uh, you cannot get in my Camry and, 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 and feel like you're in the same kind of race car that Kyle Busch uh, races in every week. Now, I will give it to you. The Tauruses never really liked the Taurus. The kind of the last cars that looked like the the, the actual cars was the Ford Thunderbird back in the 87. Uh, the Bill Elliott Ford Thunderbird that looked a lot like, of course, the Buick Regals, uh, the Oldsmobile uh, cars as well. Those were kind of, you know, really close to replica of the showroom floor cars, but man, you know, when racing, when NASCAR was first invented, that's what it was. Uh, you know, they, they had old Plymouths and the Oldsmobiles, and they put them out on the racetrack. They knocked the windows out. Some of them, it's even said that uh, Richard Petty went and bought one off the showroom floor and raced it uh, the following weekend there, I believe, at uh, one of the North Carolina racetracks. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's, it's the evolution of racing no longer are dirt track cars you know, basically junkyard cars that have been turned into race cars. Now they're built. They're built from a jig straight up. So there's literally nothing stock about stock cars. What NASCAR is trying to do uh, with the new generation car is to make it have similarities to the product that you do buy because what we've gotten away from over the years is what wins on Sunday sells on Monday. Pass, do you have something for this? 
No, I think you you kind of took everything out of my mouth, unfortunately. What? <laughs> I, you're probably more mechanically inclined than I am. I mean, like you said, they're not – stock cars today are not – there's really nothing stock about them. Essentially, it's just – it's not even stock car racing anymore. They call it that, but it's really not. Well, that is interesting, some of the new uh, features this uh, new car has. And it's basically, it's taking the side draft effect out of these race cars, out of the rear ends that are in them. Um, they're going to race a lot more like the sports cars do instead of having a car that looks like all the panels are lined up correctly on one side and then yawed out on the other side. We're not going to see that too much. Out of this car, of course, we can go back to 2007 when uh, Kevin Harvick won the Daytona race. One side of the car had bubbles on, the other side was flat and it yawed out pretty hard to the right. So, uh, you know, we won't see that anymore coming up from these race cars. They're all going to have kind of similar rear end bodies on them. Um, I'm looking forward to the composite bodies. As you can see in the Xfinity series, I was very critical of the composite bodies at first. I was like, well, they're not going to like wrecked race cars when they wreck. Look, the good thing about these composite bo- uh, bodies is they can take a lick and keep on ticking. Taz, I know you know a little something about these composite bodies. Well, they're the bodies are supposed to kind of resemble more like the actual car, but still look like a race car. Um, they put hood scoops on these things to make them look cooler. I think it's kind of stupid. What's the, I mean, they're just more there for looks instead of anything, in my opinion. And if they were really supposed to do anything, I want to know what. Um... <clears throat> trying to think of what else that the bodies are supposed to really apparently they're supposed to be the rebirth of stock I don't see anything of that um, it's just basically you're not going to be tearing up sheet metal that can come in and cut the tires and typically what we see uh, that creates a lot of cautions throughout these races. Uh, you'll be able to kind of rub fenders and not worry about puncturing that tire, as we've seen yeah, in the supposed, series. Of the- they're supposed to reduce some of the negatives of full contact racing in the Xfinity series. That's what these next-gen bodies are supposed to be resembling. Right. Or yeah. at least the nature of it. Right. And I'm looking forward to seeing what they what, what adds. I'm sure that there's going to be uh, setbacks. I, I'm, I'm specifically concerned. We are, even though this car is a year in delay, that we're really still not where we need to be to get this car uh, on the track full time for the 2022 season. I would like to see a, a, a small rollout similar to what we did with the wing car. I believe in 2007. Was it 2008? May have been, two, yeah, 2000. It must have been 2008 when the uh, car tomorrow made its debut. So 
Yeah, you know, they, and and we we raced four races into the season before we even seen the debut of that car. Not saying that NASCAR is going to do that, but uh, you know, being that it, things are already looking appearing, it's uh, it's slow motion right now with the with the car. Okay, <laughs> I don't know what that means, uh, but uh, we'll we'll keep our eye on it and see get any updates on. It. We'll let you guys know. It's going to be interesting to see if they carry this new car out to uh, L.A. for the L.A. Coliseum race that, uh, that we're so excited about at the beginning of next year. And we did hear that it's an invita- that it's open invitation. Uh, if you are a chartered race team, you do have the invite to come out to the L.A. Coliseum and uh, participate in that event. Well, Pat Taylor, we're getting to that point now where we didn't have our interview tonight, so uh, I think uh, we should probably put in our picks for Talladega. Go ahead and close out the show this evening. Um, it is Talladega. We are, I don't believe ever, I've ever seen a Xfinity race at Talladega in the fall. Uh, this is something that has to do with the new schedule here. Um so normally it is just the truck series and the truck series that they have added Xfinity to the schedule. So all three series will be uh, participating this weekend at Talladega. Are you yes, set on your <clears throat> all three series at Talladega this weekend? And as I'm pulling up the schedule here. The full schedule for Talladega this week. Saturday, October 2nd, will be the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series at 1 p.m. for the Chevy for the Chevrolet Silverado 250. They'll be on FS1 and MRN Radio. NASCAR Xfinity Series at 4.30 p.m. Eastern for the Sparks 300 on NBC Sports Network, NBC Sports App, MRN Radio, and TSN for you Canadian folks. Sunday, October 3rd for the NASCAR Cup Series, 2 p.m. Eastern for the Yellowwood 500. Well, that's a, that's a heck of a sponsor. Uh, they'll be on the main NBC network for TV. You can also stream it on the NBC Sports app, MRN Radio, and then TSN, I believe it's TSN 3. It's either TSN 2 or TSN 3. The, the logo's pretty small for me to read. But that's your rundown for the schedule for this weekend at Talladega. I, unfortunately, will not be able to watch Saturday's races due to my own commitment of my own, as I mentioned earlier in the show. So I'll have to check out the highlights there. We're waiting on uh, things to be submitted by the rest of the crew. Well, we have Craig. Craig picks. For the truck series, he's going Sheldon Creed. For the Xfinity series, A.J. Allmendinger. And I'm surprised, but not surprised, by his cup pick. He's going with Kyle Larson. Yeah. Uh, You have to have help to win, Talladega. And I don't think they were going to help the guy who's won more races than anybody else this year. So that's just uh, – anything can happen, though. 
That's definitely for sure. Well, you had posted the uh, the entry list. I'm, let me check the trucks out real quick. What are well, your picks this weekend, buddy? My picks? Um, oh, Miss Lee chimed in. Perfect timing with her picks. She's going John Hunter Nemechek for the truck series. For the Xfinity series, she says AJ Allmendinger. So we have two on that train. And for the Cup series, she's saying Joey Logano, Giggles Logano. Wow. And of course, Mr. CJ, we have he's going. He's got his default picks of Ben Rhodes, Noah Gregson, and Kyle Busch, like he has basically all season long. But for me, my truck pick, um, he's a guy that runs well in Super Speedway races. Um, for the truck series, he's won, I think, one or two of these type of races before. Um. He's usually up front in these races. I went with Toyota. I went out of the Toyota camp and went with not a Thor Sport and not a KBM truck. I went out of the Hattori camp and I'm picking Austin Hill. What? Well, you, I mean, you said a couple of wins, and I, I, I was uh, thinking Grant Enzinger. What's possibly your pick? Of course, when you see Grant on the entry list, you got You know he's a hell of a, a super speedway racer. I uh, so I thought you, about I I thought about him, but Austin Hill has Austin Hill has done pretty well at these kinds of races at these kinds of tracks. Right. Well, I'm in the air. Well, that was um, just your truck pick. Okay, what about you? My Xfinity pick um, is out of the Chevy camp, and he's won at Super Speedways before, both in Xfinity and Cup, and he's going to be a Cup driver for 2022 full-time. Out of the College Racing camp, I'm going Justin Haley. It was one I don't know why. Track. I don't know why, but I think it's a solid pick. I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't choose him in any uh, other he, race. I but. mean, you can't argue with two wins <laughs> at this track. <laughs> exactly. Hard to argue that, for sure. And my cup pick, I think he's won this exact race the last two years. Could he... I mean, he could possibly go for a third year in a row. And I'm going on the Penske side. And I'm saying Ryan Blaney. I was going to say BK for this one, but I don't see BK going for the 2021 sweep at Talladega. Very good choice. On the truck side, it's a toss-up. Grant Enfinger, I've already said a lot about Obviously, he's one of my favorites. Todd Gillian sets himself aside here. And uh, Todd, I believe, uh, his daddy was a good super speedway racer. Uh, his grandfather was pretty good at the super speedways as well, Butch Gillian. 
Um, this could be where Todd really, you know, he, he excels at. I want to go with Grant, but he's not been a full-time driver, so I'm not sure if he'll get the help that he needs to get up there towards the front. I have, he'll probably be left to be a pusher. Uh, but uh, I think I'm going to keep my money with Todd Gilling. Now, in the truck series, I'm gonna, I mean, in the Xfinity series, I am up in the air, guys. I mean, you know, I, I, I see names like Algier, of course, Sam Mayer, uh, who could really pull up an upset. In that, uh, you know, there's been a lot of first-time winners at Talladega. Uh, Sam Mayer um, very well could add his name to the list there. Um, you know, such a crapshoot. I think I'm going to really step out of the box here, and that's pro- I'm probably going to pay dearly for it. But I'm going with a guy who's got a couple of second-place finishes at, at uh, these super speedways. It's probably not in the Xfinity series, but I know it's in the truck series. And don't be sounding too surprised when I do this. I'm going with Jordan Anderson. And what series? <laughs> the Xfinity. Honestly, I'm not against that. I know it's not against the grain. It's an, it's an out-of-the-box pick, but I'm not against it. Similar to Haley. The guy just knows how to race restrictor plate racing, super speedway racing. Like he's good at it, and I think he'll accumulate a, a good finish there. Uh, that'll keep me rolling. You know, he may not necessarily be the winner, but I think I'm going to I think I'm going to gain ground with points with him. And if he can keep that number 31 Chevy uh, out of the wrench and be there at the end, I'm looking at a solid top five finish out of this guy. He seems to be over the last four, three or four seasons, Talladega. Daytona is the track where he really excels at. So uh, I'm, not, I'm not scared, man. I'm putting out my pick for Jordan Anderson. I will burn down the house if Jordan Anderson picks up the win. I'm serious. Like, it will be – this studio will be on fire next Monday um, if I pull that one out of the old bag. Uh, as for the cup. I think I've made my pretty well known when we were choosing uh, who to eliminate and who not to eliminate. Um, Brad Keselowski's name, you know, you're looking at a guy who's, who's closing in on the most victories at Talladega. It's not uncommon to see somebody win two out of four restrictor plate racing or super speedway race tracks out of the year. I know Brad won. Um, back in, uh, what was it, April? I'm not going to be surprised to see him win it again. I believe so. no, and I, with, called, uh, I called the winner of that, and y'all thought I was wrong. Well, you know what, Brad Keselowski, man. I mean, he's got everything. He's got nothing to lose. If he'll just stay away from Joey Logano, I think he'll be fine. I mean, that's what normally happens. Wait till Logano wrecks himself, and then and then you'll have a chance to for victory, man. So you're saying BK does the Talladega 2021 sweep? Yes. Yep. All right. I'm good. I had a feeling somebody would do it, and I'm glad you were the guy to do it. Uh-oh. We're already getting pushed back. Oh. All right, so. Couldn't get access. 
to to listen. Oh, why not? Did we not put a show link out there? Are you serious? That's an epic show. All right, so <laughs> our picks are in. Again, Craig has Sheldon out of the truck series. Craig says Sheldon Creed. Chris going, I guess, out of the box with Todd Gillen, but not really out of the box. I'm sure the show. I mean, where, when, when does this shit come to? I have went with Austin oh, Hell. This is out on the air. I'm sorry. <laughs> Whoops. Oh, Lee with, gosh. Lee goes with John Hunter and Mr. DJ's Ben Rhodes. So that's your truck series picks. The Xfinity picks. Craig and Lee have gone with AJ Allmendinger. Chris going out of the box, but I'm completely not against it. Jordan Anderson. I have Justin Haley. Mr. CJ has Noah Gregson. And out of the Cup Series, Greg says Kyle Larson. Chris says BK sweep of 2021 at Dega. I have Ryan Blaney for the 3 P of the fall uh, Dega races. Lee says Joey Logano. And Mr. CJ says Kyle Busch. Awesome. Was there really not a link created and shared for the show? No, we can't give the listeners if we don't share the link. I mean, it's just as much my fault as it is anybody's, but got to do better than that. I cannot believe this. I am so disappointed. It was a great show tonight. Unfortunately, there probably wasn't any listeners because we as a team failed to put out our race uh, <laughs> our race link, our link to our, to our blog talk radio. Um, oh, no. Well, I'm very I guess sorry for first, that. I guess there's a first for th- everything. Yeah. yeah. It's just unfortunate that we find this out, you know, as we're closing the show out. I wish we'd have known earlier. It would have been a bad show. We didn't have our our host, one of our hosts show up. Our guest didn't show up, and now we find out that the link to our show wasn't shared. So, uh, big epic fail tonight. As always, we'll come back again next week and try to try to win the hearts, win the hearts over again. Um, and we'll do a lot better next week on making sure that we get our show link out. Um, you create the show link, I, I think you probably important to share it so maybe uh maybe we'll just cut this out and i'll can i will be the guy from now on to uh to create show links um just to make sure that uh don't run this issue again sorry for keeping you on here we could have been off about 10 minutes ago that we kind of drove things out uh do you want to give us uh the closing remarks before we say goodbye to our friends well, for those of you that have any sort of racing going on, go out and support your local short tracks. There's plenty of races out there to go to. 
next week will be our be another Monday night edition of Race Chat Live on Blog Talk Radio. This has been Race Chat Live on Blog Talk Radio with Caution Flag Radio, Chris Creighton. I am the Tasmanian Devils of Flaggers, Taz Taylor. Unfortunately, we're missing our DJ music band, Craig Moore, but he's also part of the crew as well. We say thank you to Mr. CJ Sports for being the guy that's brought the whole group together and keeping Race Chat alive. Alive. That's right. And thank you to our production manager, our production manager, uh, Miss Lee, Mrs. Lee Reed, for critiquing us every week and helping us improve our shows each and every week and helping us brainstorm for how we can grow uh, not only the show, but also the Race Chat Live community as well. So thank you to all of those, to all of our uh, 110 Nation family for doing what they do. And we'll see you all next month. We'll hear from you guys next Monday night. Same time, same place here on Blog Talk Radio. This has been Race Chat Live. Good night, man. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.